0: All right, is it on? Okay. Um, this morning is very special, and um, God has been teaching us so many things. God is so, so, so good, and before Greg comes to deliver what uh, God has been doing and what he did this week, the Lord just laid out a verse on my heart to remind everyone of, and it comes from a very familiar passage that we know in Ephesians 6. But I wanted to read it to you in the Amplified, um, because it really unpacks it in a uh, more thorough way, which the Amplified does. So I wanted to read this to you. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces. Of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly or supernatural places. Now we know from there it goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God. But when scripture tells us that our wrestle isn't really with what we can see, that there is an entire realm, the kingdom realm, the supernatural realm that we actually wrestle with. That is something we ought to pay attention to. And Mm. praise God that he has given us the authority. Mm -hmm. We just got done singing, there's power in the name of Jesus. And I know we often um, hear the phrase from the Old Testament story, the battle is not ours but the Lord's. That does not mean that the battle is not ours to engage in. The battle isn't ours in power. It is the Lord's empower. But we, we engage in the war. There is no battle between God and Satan in terms of who the winner is. Scripture is clear on that. But God has given us the power. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to give us so many promises about being overcomers, being victors, being more than conquerors. Conquerors over what? It is a battle that God releases strategy and We've been talking for some time about the courts of heaven and what the courts mean. And all of that, all of that is all throughout scripture. God just needs our eyes opened to see through the lens of what he has given us in his word about how to be overcomers in these realms that I just read out of the Amplified from Ephesians 6.12. You are going to hear strategy that the Holy Spirit has released From and in full agreement with his word against those spiritual forces and powers that have kept us bound. God is releasing strategy in these last days to fully be overcomers. And I am so excited about that. But pay attention to the word of God that you will hear released in what's going to be read. Because it is very powerful. And God wants us to have spiritual eyes to see what he is doing. So... Amen. Oh.
1: So, it's interesting to me, and I, I, I'll give you a little bit of explanation here in a minute, but for those of you who are watching online and may, may not understand as much of what's going on here, Um, this is a different court than we've ever been in before. In fact, the ruling of this court, if you will, is something that has never happened in history before. And um, there are many courts in heaven, just as there are many courts here. This court is something specific. This court is over the influence of nations. This is over the influence of land. This is not an individual court, and I, I just want that to be clear. Um, and, and you'll see that in the transcript as, as, uh, as we read it, but for those of you online and those who don't understand, this is not dealing with personal authorities personal authorities can be dealt with personally, right? You have a responsibility to deal with those personal authorities yourself or or on an individual basis. So I, I wanted to explain, this week was really hard for me. You all know I am not good at keeping a secret at all, right? Um, and and I, Father, I don't declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Forgive me. <laughs> so that is not a declaration. That is maybe a historical fact. But anyways, last uh, after last week's, uh, last Thursday, a week ago Thursday, you know, when it was the spirit of uh, uh, the religious spirit, we always go before the Father afterwards and, and we always, you know, okay, what's the next one? When's the next one? And, and, um, this time he he didn't tell us anything, which right after isn't always a surprise. It's usually I'll I'll let this person know, or I'll I'll speak to this person about what it is, and and after this last time it was it was like um, uh, there was no real indication except that he would tell us what it is, and then some of the things that were said led us to believe that it was going to be a while. It was going to be, because I'm heading to uh, Nigeria a week from tomorrow, and it wouldn't be until we get back. So, you know, this one's going to take some research. This one's going to take a little bit of time. So so don't worry about it, because I've got to give all that to you. This isn't going to happen until after you get back. That was our understanding. And (laughs) what we couldn't understand Brynn texts me and uh, was it, was it Friday? Was it literally the next day or it might have been Saturday? I can't remember. It, it, it was, it was, it was within a couple of days. She texts me and, you know, she's got 12 pages worth of downloaded notes already. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what's it going to be after a month? Wow. You know, and, and she and I were talking and, and really struggling with the, the understanding that that why are we having to wait a month for this thing? You know, if if God's already downloading things right now, well, come Sunday, I just started asking him that question, and and it was interesting because by Sunday Sunday afternoon, he answered me. Oh, is it messing things up? Yes. Is that better? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, so Sunday afternoon, then, uh, I was talking to him and, and just wrestling with the fact that it's so, so far away. And, and, and by this time we knew which one it was, or at least a few of us in the court did, uh, we knew it was the spirit of infirmity. We knew this was a huge one, perhaps the biggest one that we were going to face. And, and I, I'm, I'm just wrestling with him on that because you know how much I like to wait for things. And, and what he told me later that day was, we're not waiting, but you cannot tell anybody. I'm not sure what was harder. The fact that first we were having to wait and that was really hard, but now we're not waiting, but I can't tell anybody. That was just as hard for me. But I didn't. And so we came through the course of that, of that week and all the, all the information was already given. The Lord had downloaded to me the entry point into the United States. I mean, we literally knew everything a few, few days after the previous court session. And so we spent those next few days thinking, except for me, that we were not going until after I came back. And I kept asking Lord why, and all he would tell me is because he doesn't want the enemy to know. The enemy can guess, but he doesn't want the enemy to know. Now, we did have another court session, a court of accusation, a personal session Thursday night. We already had that scheduled, so I didn't have to worry about how am I going to get these people together, right? And it was very interesting because ever since the last court case, I felt... Eyes following me constantly, all the time, like it, like a shadow. You feel someone following you. You know what I mean. And I felt that very heavy. And in the first court case, and I know this is going to be confusing to some people online, which is fine. Months from now, when you watch this, it'll make sense. But, um, but there was a witch in the first court case who was not attached to that person in the first court case. who who basically admitted that they were there because they had been following me, trying to figure out perhaps what the Lord had told me. And, And I will say that I passed that test because I didn't tell anybody. And so we came in Thursday, and it wasn't until after the first court session, and we went into the ready room, that I could tell them. I said, Lord, can I tell them now? He said, yes. And then we prepared, and then we went into the uh, Court of Nations. So we're going to read, the as we have the last couple of weeks, we're going to read the transcript of this case, this huge case. But in this case, Bryn did half the presenting. It wasn't just me. And so during her portions of presenting, I'm going to have her come up and read her portions because it was powerful. It was powerful. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let go early something that happens at the end. But I just wanna get you excited for what's gonna happen at the end of this transcript. You'll see. But Father, I just pray your will. I pray that you give us ears to hear, especially those online. Give us ears to hear, Father, what the Spirit says to his church. Give us eyes to see what you're doing, because it is behind this veil of chaos that Satan wants people to believe is truth. Father, your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. We entered the Court of Nations, and that's where this begins. I said, Father, we worship you and praise you. We thank you for your love, your grace. We thank you for your mercy. I ask entrance for the seven of us into your Court of Nations. I ask in Jesus' name in the power of his blood. Carrie, who is the seer in this case said, we are standing in front of the doors and they are huge. Almost as if you can feel the weight of them standing in front of them. They are opening. I said, let me know when we're inside. Carrie said, as each of us step through the threshold one by one, our armor is appearing on us. You are leading us, Greg. We are all in. I said, Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here this evening. I ask, Father, that we could enter your courts with praise. It is our hearts to worship you. I ask if we can sing a song that is very special because it speaks of intimacy and relationship. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father responded, this court will accept your worship. I said, let it be known to all nations in whom we believe and in whom we love. Then we... Played and sang the song nothing else And worshipped him When it was done I said father I submit that song nothing else As our heart And it is ignition's heart I also submit that it is your heart for ignition Because the very time of the song is 6 minutes and 33 seconds It is your heart for the bride We submit that in Jesus' name. We come here this evening to bring to court the spirit of infirmity. I ask, Father, Father, that the spirit, the one specifically that is over the region of Abaddon, be summoned to this court with any representation that it has. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Carrie then said the spirit of infirmity is here. I said, describe her, or him, or it. She said, it looks like to me, like the exact opposite of what infirmity would look like. It is strong, male, very large. I said, who is his representation? She said, I believe he will confirm this, but it is Satan. Satan. Father, I ask if, if it pleased the court that we begin specifically with four verses that we would like to submit as evidence that do not fit in the three categories specifically, but begin to lay out a foundation for our case. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, Proceed. The first instructions given in the Bible of how health was to be handled came out of Exodus 15, verse 26. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. It is said in Numbers 21, verses 5 through 9, But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness, they complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Jesus spoke of this incident in John three fourteen, And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Isaiah 53, 3-5 says, He was despised and rejected, But he was pierced for our rebellion Crushed for our sins He was beaten so we could be whole he was, worse, he was whipped so we could be healed Father, as I submit this opening statement I submit that it is the prosecution's plan To show first who this spirit of infirmity is And what he has done Then how he gained access to this country specifically and authority over this area that Abaddon was in charge of. And third, we will lay out what what your will is for your bride and what your will is for mankind and what your will is for this spirit. I further submit that we will reveal an attachment of this spirit and everything that it does to the one who ultimately controls him, and that is Satan. That is Lucifer. We submit these opening remarks, and I will say one other thing as an example. It may come up again later, but I offer it as an example that Satan will twist what you do as right. He will twist into wrong, but make it seem right. I offer the emblem for most hospitals, most medical associations. The emblem that they use is the snake on a pole. And oftentimes two snakes that face each other on a pole. Father, I submit as the basic first evidence that what you intended through asking Moses to build for a healing of the nation has become its hindrance. I submit this opening statement in Jesus name and by the power of his blood. Carrie then said, when you began to talk, when you began to talk about the emblem, the court went into an uproar. The father then said, this court accepts your statement. I said, father, if the defense does not have have an opening statement, with your permission, we will move forward to our first section. I ask this in Jesus name And by the power of his blood I ask that because there was A pause And there was no comment from the other side And father then said To the defense Do you have anything to add Satan then said The defense does not I said father with your permission I will proceed He said you may proceed Father for this sec- first section which is defining this spirit of infirmity and in its work I call on Bryn Sellers as a witness and I ask for permission for her to lay out this first section in Jesus name and by the power of his blood The Father then said you may proceed
2: Can I use that? Yeah, okay. Can I hold it? Yeah. <coughs> I just want to say real quick before I read this. Uh, last week, when Cole was in the hospital, we, you know, we had asked the father, "What's going on?" And you know, we're kind of looking for information, like, "Will he have to have surgery? What do we do about these medications they're proposing?" But all he said was, "Satan is making a mistake." Yeah. So we're like, "Okay." and I know I understand now part of what he meant because we had such a strange experience at the hospital this time and we've spent a lot of times time in hospitals but it was like the Lord used it to open our eyes to the agenda of what was really going on and so for the last four days of his hospital stays when the Lord gave me all this download for what we did so anyway start now okay so I said thank you father We bring evidence today against the spirit of infirmity, the spirit that has been responsible for the suffering and even the premature deaths of millions and millions of people. This spirit is an agent of Satan to steal, kill and destroy, working against the abundant life meant for man that was paid for by the blood of Jesus. I submit that this spirit has far-reaching tentacles that Unfatil recently worked along with the religious spirit to bring many into bondage of every kind through lies to gain agreement with man and that your people are indeed being destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And I would like to bring evidence of these lies right now. The first lie... Number one, being the wrong paradigm that relationship with you and spirituality are completely separate from physical life. As if somehow you only care about our spirits, but we're on our own to manage our physical bodies. We submit that there was never supposed to be a separation between the two. Relationship with you that was paid for by the blood of Jesus includes submitting to your management for our physical lives as much as any other part of our lives. Number two, the second lie this spirit works towards is that it convinces people to believe that they don't have choices, that they don't have the power to overcome, and instead have to settle for what has been handed to them. I submit to you even the example of both of my sons in which you showed me what was happening to them in the spirit, Carson starting when he was 12, and Cole more recently, The agenda that was at work even in their hospital rooms through medical professionals who, for the most part, do not even understand what is happening. Number three, the third lie is pertaining to the spirit of infirmity working with the religious spirit to even deceive the bride into believing that the infirmity that is from Satan is actually an infirmity from God. So God has been blamed for hundreds of years for the affliction that Satan perpetrates. This idea is not new, as we first see it in the story of Job. Satan caused all the affliction and loss towards Job, but Job, not knowing that, wrongly attributed his suffering to God. This shows that this spirit was at work even then, not only to cause the suffering, but to further perpetrate the belief that the origin of his suffering was the opposite of what it was. And I also submit the example of my own husband, who when we first met, he believed, because of the poor teaching under the religious spirit, that you gave him diabetes to teach him a lesson or steer his course in life away from the Navy. And that was a complete falsehood and lie, which he has repented of and disagreed with completely. Number four, the fourth lie, is that it tries to convince people that conditions that are passed down are genetic and therefore impossible to change and they fall outside of the realm where even God can work. In gaining agreement with victims, they agree for themselves that disease process is inevitable and also make agreement that their future generations will carry the same process to their offspring. I submit my own experience of this as you have spoken clearly to me that coal. Carson and my brother's similar disease process has not been because of physical genetics, although all of hell has come against me to believe your voice. You've given me a unique physical proof, which I will not speak of here. Number five, the fifth lie, and this one has been also mostly adopted by the corporate church because of the teaching under the religious spirit, and that is the prevailing thought, even among people that love your word, is that We are doomed to live in inferior flesh and fallen genetics and that there's nothing that can be done about our physical condition or what we inherit because of Adam's original sin. And that is partially true. But because of this spirit of infirmity, the church has completely missed a huge part of what the blood of Jesus paid for. His blood, as stated in Isaiah 53, 5, was not only to cover our sin, but to offer wholeness and health. And I regret, Father, that this has not been taught in the church. Aside from these lies, this spirit brings endless affliction, misery, suffering, and pain on bodies and minds. And then uses every means necessary, including science, government control, religion, and fear to enslave people and take them into further bondage mentally, relationally, financially. I submit that the FDA is part of this system as well, created to further perpetrate the enemy's plans for the masses while putting sometimes a fake stamp of safety on it through government control. Under this organization, besides laws pertaining to pharmaceutical drugs, laws are made in regard to even the crops that are grown in this country, the chemicals used to treat them, the poisons used in the fattening up of livestock. And to increase crop yield, which comes at a great cost to the human body, and the detriment of depleting the land of valuable minerals. In this way, man has literally made himself God, disregarding the care of the land in the name of the lie of caring for the land. Under the influence of this spirit of infirmity, the system was changed from a motivation to help people to a motivation of greed, making money people adopted a lifestyle of wanting a quick fix or quick quality of life, but their motivation was not for true health. I submit that drug companies are fraught with greed and millions have been killed for the sake of money. That clinical trials for new medications are often flawed, rushed through based on the results they want to control, all for the purpose of getting a new drug to the market as fast as possible. As has been brought to my attention recently, the spirit has even infiltrated the practice of organ harvesting, where it has become about greed and an enterprise of selling organs for research and less about offering extended life to others, to the point that patients are declared incapacitated or brain dead before it may actually be true, so that organs can be taken and sold. In this way, America has secretly become no less barbaric than some other countries where this is a widespread accepted practice and father I submit that many doctors and health professionals do have good hearts and genuine care for people but by placing themselves under the satanic system of medical education they come under a heavy deception they don't even realize and they inadvertently agree with the spiritual system in place instead of listening to you or thinking independently about what is best or true health for a patient I submit that even huge donations that hospitals receive serves to further build and fortify this system because of money given by corrupt sources, including millions of dollars donated by secret societies or shell companies that stand explicitly against you. This evidence is found written in the very plaques posted in hospital hallways for all to see. The spirit of infirmity enslaves people financially in this country, in particular through what is available care through insurance companies. If a person even has the means or insurance, it's only applied to traditional medicine, not to anything that will address the body in the manner of which you created it. Even in that, people are enslaved to treatments that are often incorrect for their condition because of financial hardship. The sneaky part is that there's partial truth and partialized mixed in with the development of vaccines and pharmaceuticals, enough for it to be detrimental to health, but not easily detectable for the average person, so that what begins as a truth about how the bodily systems work turn into a death sentence for someone who takes harmful chemicals into the body because of what is mixed in or because of the side effects generated from medications. And I submit that the nefarious motivation behind much of this is actually part of Satan's agenda for death and population control. As an example of that, vaccines were developed for the elimination of diseases, but it has become a flawed system of forced injection of additives and mercury as carriers, all extremely known to be toxic to the body, causing death. Physical breakdown, neurological problems, autoimmune disease, and those things become difficult to pin on those injections. And then the spirit of infirmity joined with the religious spirit under the system of control to force now even young boys to receive vaccines to guard against cervical cancer when they don't even have a cervix, which is ridiculous. Because medical professionals mostly unknowingly have placed themselves under the authority of the system put in place by the spirit, They are used as an avenue of demonic assault thousands of times every day. There is a continual stream out of their mouths of word curses. As evidence, I submit words spoken demonically to my face last week through a doctor just, yes, just last week, attempting to gain my agreement about the inferiority of my personal genetics and spoken to me in a patronizing tone. And Lord, I submit that when the doctor said these things to me last week, I was sitting next to my son, who was a patient in the hospital, while my other son stayed chronically ill at home, one after a close family member in the next building over received his third cancer diagnosis. I just submit this as the spirit's unrelenting, multifaceted approach to wear people down when all they hear is bad news. These continual declarations about disease progress causing people not only to agree physically, but more about what they don't know is happening, which is that they are making a spiritual agreement with the enemy at the same time. Under the oppression of this spirit, hospitals have moved far away from even acknowledging you in their establishments. While they have a chapel and chaplain services, there is great emphasis on accepting all false religions to not offend anyone. I submit that even the hospital chaplains I have seen are offering more secular psychology than offering the truth of your word, which is the only truth and the only real comfort. They have catered to the demands of false religions and offered gatherings that cater to all faiths to bring some kind of feel-good moment to desperate people, but it's devoid of your spirit or your word. I submit that the assault process against people often begins at a very young age. I ask that as we stand here in court, Father, that you will take a look right now at every children's hospital in every city of this country. They are all full to capacity with suffering children who didn't get to make choices about the truth. Many were born into suffering, and they represent millions of exhausted parents who have also lost hope. This just ought not to be, and it breaks my heart as I know it breaks yours. As examples of children who have been ravaged by the enemy, some never were allowed to come to the age of understanding. Many have lost their lives or lived difficult circumstances since childhood, and then what I did was I submitted about 10 or 12 names of children that I know of who have lost their lives or are suffering even now, including I don't want to say their names since we're online, but including my own husband, who has been in bondage to insulin injections for 33 years. And I also submit my own son, who's not been allowed to grow up normally or have any quality of life. And the rest of us could name many off the top of our heads, and millions are represented just by these few names. I submit that the work of this spirit causes free-thinking professionals who rise up with a better health alternative or research that verifies new cures for diseases, or those who work to expose the corruption of this spirit have been silenced and killed many in recent years because of the threat to the millions of dollars taken in by pharmaceutical companies. The other thing that happens is if a new method arises for restoring health based on the science that you put into place, it often gets hijacked and absorbed into one of the systems of false religion, such as Chinese medicine based in Eastern mysticism, thereby causing people to fear and reject the method. This causes people to shy away from what would truly help them. As evidence of this, I submit, um, I submitted a name of an actual practitioner that many of us know, and the treatments that she is educated to provide These you use to bring a slight bit of relief to Carson, to me personally, and to help Brooke in her pursuit of health, according to your voice. But the origin of the treatment is not credited to you. It is credited to Eastern mysticism, false beliefs, to the point that under your direction this has helped. But she doesn't know you as the basis of the method, and she doesn't know you as creator. And I will say yet, Father, because it's your desire that she knows you. We submit that the victims of this spirit of infirmity, when their bodies and minds and emotions are severely weakened, do not have the capacity to stand, even to the point of death, as the energy needed for them to rise up and choose hope is to them nearly impossible. And I submitted evidence to the father of a a family and the choice of a man who is no longer with us, and the choice he and his family just were unable to make at the end of his life here on earth because faith could not rise up. I know he is with you now, but I believe that there are many people that you would wish for them to have a different outcome if the heaviness of the oppression was not so heavy that it takes away their will to fight. And I submit our own experience of the darkness that can take over a life. As Proverbs 13, 12 states, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. This is the place that millions are in right now, both those who know you and those who do not. As the life of people under the heavy oppression of chronic conditions is sucked out, they are sapped of hope and finally the will to live. I submit as an example of that the story of the man here locally who recently jumped off the Route 1 bridge to kill himself after a long battle with Lyme disease. I know that this man was your child, and he loved his family. Even for those who know you, as this was testified just a few days ago by another friend of ours, I won't name publicly, but standing in our driveway, who said that long-term sickness made him forget who he was in you. And thank you, Father, that you are now bringing him back. Besides the robbery that occurs by this spirit of infirmity in a person's health, Robbery robbery also occurs in the family members, wreaking havoc in relationships as the strain and stress and caregiving becomes too great to bear. Literally life becomes about merely surviving with little energy to be spent on anything else. I submit our own family as an example of that. The extreme financial burden, the stress, exhaustion, difficulty in maintaining relationships under that kind of oppression, Many families have been destroyed over health issues and deaths that should have never happened. This almost happened in my own.
1: At the end of that first section... I simply added. And Father, I would like to finally submit in this section that Bryn's testimony and the power of her words stand by themselves. For what she has had to watch and endure in her children, in her husband, in her friends around her, in relationships that have been brought to her, they have given her a voice of clarity. They have given her because of these last eight years, a voice of authority. We submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father then said, the court accepts this evidence. Does the defense have anything to add? Then Satan speaks. We would like to request a recess, as we have not had time to prepare. (laughs) My response was, Father, may I offer a rebuttal to that? (laughs) Father said, you may. I said, Father, I know they have a right to three recesses, and we will gladly not argue with that right, but let it be placed into the record that they have had plenty of time. Satan may not have known that this was coming tonight. That may have been a surprise to him, or perhaps not. It doesn't matter. But father, as was stated in the last course, court session, Satan was there from the beginning of man. In fact, Satan was the one who stole the birthright of Adam. Satan has had his hands on this, in this, from the moment until na- from that moment until now, in everything that has come to pass. Whether it be by order or perhaps this spirit or doing it himself, it still originated with him. And I submit as evidence in that what you said in your word, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have laid out evidence to the fact, therefore it must be coming from him. So, Father, I finally submit that we don't mind him having a recess. I assume it is a limited one, but please allow it to be read into the court that it's not that he didn't have time to prepare. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father says, this court receives what you have said. I will allow a short recess. And during the recess, we we didn't discuss much strategy, but I had... Carrie described what Satan looked like, because this would be a confirmation for her. She had not seen him like this before, and the second she started to describe, I knew what it was, because his favorite way to manifest, his favorite way to look, is as a Spanish prince, all dressed in white, black, slick back hair. I have seen him in his real state, and he's not that good looking.
2: <laughs>
1: so the recess was over, and and by the way, I don't say that you know to mock him. I say it because it is the truth. The recess was over, and there was we had come back in, and there was uh, uh, silence from the defense. And I said, Father, I ask if there is any rebuttal of the evidence that was presented in our first section. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And the father asked, does the defense have anything to add? Then Satan spoke. Are you not sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing? Did you not make your creation to have free will? No one twists their arms. And makes them take anything. Have there not been people who come out of the hospital, out of the doctor's office, and get better and become well? Is the earth not full of people who once had disease and now they don't? Did you not create these people to become doctors and medical people to help others? I should not be held accountable for their choices. And the father responds, does the prosecution have anything to add? I said, I do. Father, I apologize that this court has to listen to this exhausted argument. For now, we have had three cases, and in this third case, the defense gives the same argument as he did to no avail in the first two. We are not arguing individual choice. We are not arguing individual authority. For yes, you have, for yes, you gave your creation choice. We are not arguing that. We are arguing the influence. The influence over a nation specifically. The influence over an area. The influence through procedure. The influence through a medical body. From the hospitals to the pharmaceutical companies. We are arguing influence. That's my first point. Father, to my second point. It is more ridiculous than the first when he says that aren't there people who come out of hospitals and get better and come out and they're okay or they go to the doctor and they feel better and they're okay father that is just as absurd as saying didn't that drug addict enjoy his high or didn't that person enjoy the very thing that was setting them on a course to destruction. Father, I submit that the influence this spirit gives fulfills the very plan that Satan has to steal, to kill, to destroy. He steals lives. Again, Brynn submitted evidence, but I submit her family as evidence. For life, quality of life has been stolen from them. Not just stolen from Carson, but stolen from the entire family. With the intent to kill, with the intent to destroy, I submit as evidence that it was only your love and their love for you that the second two goals did not happen in their family. To kill and to destroy as hard as he tried. And Father, he accomplished the first one by stealing. And he did this through the influence of this spirit of infirmity where you walk down a path thinking that this is something that will help because of those who have been set up in that field are supposedly trustworthy. You trust them to know more about our bodies than we do. But Father, in the last eight years, you have taken Bryn through a process of teaching that has taken her deeper into knowledge of this subject than the doctors that she deals with, the ones we are supposed to trust. So, Father, I submit that no, we are not talking about individual choice. But yes, Satan is responsible for those choices because of the influence. This spirit of infirmity who he has directed has stolen. It is killed and it has destroyed. And it must be stopped. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father then said, This court accepts the evidence that you have said. And to the defense, I will issue this warning. Do not be condescending when you address me. I am all-knowing and all-powerful. This is the only warning that you will have. Do you have anything to add? Then Satan responded, The defense will rest. Rest at this time I said father If I may I will continue with section 2 With your permission He said you may proceed I said our section Our second body of evidence is the Point of entry into America The point of entry for this spirit Of infirmity Father the founding fathers have everything To do with the beginning of our country As we shared last Time with the court regarding the religious Spirit it was one of the founding fathers. We find ourselves in that position again today. For this spirit gained entry and authority at the beginning through Benjamin Franklin. I would like to submit first that he was a deist and did not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He did not believe in his deity. I submit as evidence a letter that Benjamin Franklin himself wrote to the president at Yale College he said to him in this letter quote you desire to know something of my religion it is the first time I have been quoted upon it but I cannot take your curiosity amiss and shall endeavor in a few words to gratify it here is my Creed I believe in one God creator of the universe that he governs it by his Providence that he ought to be worshiped. That the most acceptable service we render to him is doing good to his other children. That the soul of man is immortal and we will be treated with justice in another life, respecting its conduct in this. These I take to be the fundamental principles of all sound religion and I regard them as you do in whatever sect I meet with them, end quote. I then said, Father, I submit that if this letter ended there, it would sound pretty good that he believed in one God, creator of the universe, that you governed by your providence, that you are to be worshipped, that we are to love you and love your children. All those things are good in there. But then let me read the next paragraph, quote, As to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom you particularly desire, I think the system of morals and his religion as he left them to us is the best the world ever saw or is likely to ever see. But I apprehend it has received various corrupting charges or changes. And I have, with most of the present dissenters in England, some doubts as to his divinity. Though it is a question I do not dogmatize upon, having never studied it, and think it needless to busy myself with it now when I expect soon an opportunity of knowing the truth with less trouble. You see, when he wrote this letter, he was in his 80s. I see no harm, however, in its being believed. If that belief has the good consequence, as probably it has, of making his doctrines more respected and better observed, especially as I do not perceive that the Supreme takes it amiss by distinguishing the unbelievers in his government of the world with any peculiar marks of his displeasure, End quote. Father, as I read the first paragraph, I stated already that it sounded really good. And then you go further to understand in the second paragraph that he didn't believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He didn't believe that the Son of God became a man, lived and died a sinless life on this earth, rose after three days, and sits on the right hand of the Father. He didn't believe any of those things. Because of this, it saddens me when he says, I expect soon an opportunity of knowing the truth with less trouble. Father, he had no idea when he made that statement, the trouble that he would soon see. But I submit as evidence even in this letter, the same thing that has happened with the spirit of infirmity. It establishes the good. What is good? We are here to take care of problems in the human body. It's all good. We can fix these symptoms, but in the end, it's a lie. And it leads only to death. Further evidence that I would like to submit with Benjamin Franklin was his advocation and promotion of the smallpox inoculation. This was the point of entry. This was the first in America. I'm going to read into the record, and this was taken from the historical evidence arranged by Dr. Howard Merkel, a professor of history of medicine at the University of Michigan. I don't know if he is a believer or not, but he has bought into the spirit of infirmities lies. He talks of Benjamin Franklin and how Benjamin Franklin was essential in passing the first inoculation, which then led to the first vaccines. In 1721, the Puritan minister, Cotton Mather, promoted inoculation in partnership with a Boston physician named Mr. Boylston who risked life and limb by inoculating his children, his black servants, and many of his patients. Among those opposing Mather's efforts was Franklin's brother, James, the contrarian publisher of the New England Courant. Aside from the inherent danger of the procedure, James Franklin argued that religious zealots had no business practicing medicine. He was hardly alone. Many colonists considered inoculation a breach of the sixth commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Let me stop here and explain why the colonists believed that. In the inoculation, what they did was take a portion of what was cowpox and opened up the arm of the person they were going to inoculate and put this small portion of this cowpox in there. So from the colonists' point of view, the breach of the sixth commandment of thou shalt not kill is because they were putting something deadly into another person's body that was perfectly healthy. I will go on. Inoculation involved lancing open a wound and implanting dry scabs or fresh pus containing varroa, the virus that causes smallpox, under the skin of a healthy, uninfected person. Said to have originated in China, it was commonly practiced across the Far East and the Ottoman Empire. The procedure typically caused a milder form of smallpox and conferred conferred lifelong immunity. Still, many people became ill from it, and not a few died. Moreover, it was feared that the inoculated would infect others. Yet after an initial silence, perhaps out of fear of enraging his older brother... Benjamin Franklin became one of the colony's leading proponents of inoculation, trumpeting his advocacy in the pages of his own newspaper, the Pennsylvania Gazette. Reporting on 72 Bostonians inoculated in March 1730, for example, he noted that only two died while the rest have recovered perfect health. Of those who had it in the common way, he continued, tis computed that one in four died. In the following decades, Franklin compiled and published quantitative studies of inoculation's value, working with several physicians at the Pennsylvania Hospital, an institution he helped found, and with the famed British clinician William Heberden. He was also concerned that the high cost of the procedure, more than many colonists' annual income, made it inaccessible to the poorest Americans. In 1774, to counter this inequity, Franklin established the Society for Inoculating the Poor, Gratis. Haunting these activities was a very personal ghost. That of Francis Folger Franklin, the youngest of his two sons. Frankie, as his parents called him, was born in 1732, a golden child. His smiles brighter, his babblings more telling, and his tricks more magical than all the other infants in the colonies combined. Benjamin advertised for a tutor when the boy was only two years old. When he died of smallpox at the age of four, the Franklins were beyond condolence. His tombstone tombstone was inscribed, The delight of all who knew him Rumors abounded that Frankie had died from an inoculation gone awry The gossip led to the grieving Franklin The gossip led the grieving Franklin to declare That his son had never been inoculated Because he was suffering from flux Or protracted diarrhea Franklin insisted that Frankie received the distemper Smallpox in the common way of infection, and that inoculation was a safe and beneficial practice. Inoculation was eventually replaced by the safer method of vaccination, which uses a milder virus to induce immunity. An English country doctor named Edward Jenner made this discovery in 1796, after noting that local milkmaids who had contracted the annoying but harmless cowpox infection on their hands remained healthy during the lethal smallpox epidemics. Jenner's vaccination soon became the major means of preventing smallpox. In 1801, President Thomas Jefferson declared vaccination one of the nation's first public health priorities. I would like also to submit into evidence that Thomas Jefferson, as noted in the last court case, was also a deist. Was not one who believed in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He was also an entry point for the religious spirit. Two years later, Jefferson instructed Meriwether Lewis and William Clark to take vaccine on their expeditions to the Pacific. Franklin, Benjamin Franklin died in 1790, six years before Jenner's discovery and 190 years before the World Health Organization announced that vaccination efforts had succeeded in eradicating smallpox from the globe. Yet while composing the final portion of his autobiography in 1788, Franklin reminded his readers about the importance of immunizing their children. His advice is especially useful today when so few Americans have firsthand knowledge of the panoply of once-common killers, now preventable thanks to safe, reliable vaccines, end quote. In 1736, this is Benjamin Franklin's words, in 1736, I lost one of my sons, a fine boy of four years old, by the smallpox. Taken in the common way, he wrote, I long regretted bitterly and still regret that I had not given it to him by inoculation. This I mention for the sake of parents who omit that operation on the supposition that they should never forgive themselves if a child died under it. My example showing that the regret may be the same either way and that therefore the safer should be chosen. Father, Father, I submit in Jesus' name that it was fear that drove him to write the paper that he wrote. It was fear to choose the way that he, that the world saw the less odds of death. I would like to submit that back when I said that it took 190 years before the World Health Organization established that smallpox was eradicated, I submit, Father, that it would have taken you but the blink of an eye. And if the world had looked to you for their salvation, looked to you for their healing, it would have come immediately. But instead, a door was open for this spirit of infirmity to come into our government that we have already established has influence over the people of this nation, and in turn over the people of this world. More vaccinations, more clinical trials... More pharmaceutical medications have come out of this country than any other. So the influence has become not only over this country, but over the world. Father, the influence that this spirit has gained is perhaps one of the strongest influences of all the spirits. For it hides the truth. It offers a portion of truth hidden by the very destruction that comes after Father, I further submit that Benjamin Franklin may have been the open door, but many, many millions have taken the hand of this spirit and walked it through the halls of influence in this country. They have done it for reasons of greed. They have done it for reasons of fear. They have done it for reasons of pride. They have sold the truth for a lie. And now we find ourselves in the state of a country that is overflowing hospitals. As Bryn submitted earlier, the children's hospitals are completely full everywhere. Because Satan knows if he can affect a child, he can affect an entire family. We have pharmaceutical companies that will get their products out at any cost. Whether there is real evidence that they are helpful or not. In fact, I submit that so many of the medications that are out there help with a symptom but create other problems. And Father, I submit that it is their diabolical plan. It is certainly Satan's plan. It is not any different than a drug dealer. How does a drug dealer get clients? By giving them samples letting them experience what they think is the good of it, knowing full well that they will be hooked to the bad. Pharmaceutical companies rob everyone. But Father, I submit that some of the most difficult ones to watch are the elderly. They have spent their whole lives working and building up for hopefully enjoyable retirement, but then find themselves spending thousands a month, just to be able to feel like they can, can go on another day. And then I list a person's name as an example of that. And many others that are controlled by these pharmaceutical companies. And now there is even a new push to legalize drugs, legalize marijuana, legalize drugs overall. Who do we think that is going to benefit? That is tied to this spirit of infirmity and is tied, therefore, to the one holding his leash, which is Satan. They think, if we can legalize it, we can make money on it. And then we can make it transparent with all these rules, so that way they do drugs right. Father, that is the blind leading the blind. I submit that this is about the most idiotic thing I have heard from any of our congressional leaders. And yet it is all perpetuated because of this spirit and the influence that it has. There is so much evidence it is overwhelming. We would be here for weeks, months, years, even decades to lay it all out. But I thank you for the fact that we don't have to. Its destruction is obvious. Its entry point has been laid out. I submit this evidence in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the father said, the court accepts your evidence. Does the defense wish to speak at this time? Then Satan speaks. If the vaccines were made to harm people, why is it that the poor are sick and they die even if they don't have access to the vaccines? Not every human dies that is vaccinated. And moreover, I would like to use their own witness, Bryn, and her family as an example that her children were not vaccinated, yet still are ill. How am I responsible? I say that I should not be held responsible for these things submitted. That these are fabricated stories. And the father said, does the prosecution wish to comment? Yes, please. Father, the prosecution submits that the defense's rebuttal is about the most asinine thing I have ever heard. That is like giving a candy laced with drugs to a child and saying, Enjoying the candy? Because the vaccine is something that in the physical body is worked. And yes, smallpox is eradicated. But Father, I have already submitted and established it should not have taken 190 years. But see, Satan loved that because of the amount of time it took. And the people that believed in a system more than God. See, the vaccines are something that this spirit of infirmity offers as a carrot. What this society did not know was that it was a carrot to the very death of millions upon millions because of the influence of this spirit. Father, it offends me that Satan continues to say, should I be held responsible? I declare, yes. Yes, you should be held responsible. And I submit the book of Revelation as evidence of that. That you will be held responsible. That one day you will pay for your sin. You will pay for your very choices. Not just as a generic whole. But you will pay for every single one that has affected every single person. I declare this in Jesus' name. You will have an eternity to pay for every one of them individually. And I promise you if you could even speak and be heard at that time, you will recognize that, yes, you are held responsible. You cannot offer a little bit of good to bring a whole lot of bad. Father, I submit this to you as evidence because to try to convince the defense is a useless effort. I state it simply because of my outrage. For I know that you are the truth of it and you know the truth of it because it is your word that I refer to and father I am sorry on behalf of your bride on behalf of this country that you have given me the voice of authority over because of Abaddon I am sorry that we have believed in the ways of man instead of believing you believing your word Father, I am not saying that you don't offer things in this world through the technology of man that are, are to help. I'm not saying that, and I don't believe you are saying that. But when it is used as manipulation to bring destruction, it's wrong, and it deserves death. This spirit of infirmity deserves death. Satan deserves death. Death eternal. Father, forgive us. Forgive your bride. Forgive this country. Forgive our forefathers. I ask forgiveness for the very entry point of Benjamin Franklin, where through fear he fought for this. I ask forgiveness for all those in governmental power that have given place to the pharmaceutical companies who would manipulate to control, who would manipulate for the sake of greed where life has come to mean nothing. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for ever letting it come to this. Forgive us for letting it in the first place. Letting it in in the first place. Forgive us for this spirit of infirmity to have the control that it has in this country. Forgive us, Father, it is not our desire. You have promised so much more. I will leave that for this third section. I submit this rebuttal in Jesus' name And by the power of his blood The father then asked Does the defense wish to add anything? And there was a long pause of silence Then the father came back and said I will take your silence as no Is the prosecution ready to present your next point? He said yes father we are Said, you may proceed I said father I would like Bryn to be recognized for this third Section that will lay out your will On sickness and your will About this spirit but I would like to read Some paragraphs on further repentance If you would allow me to in Jesus Name he said go ahead Some of this I, I said Some of this may be repeat but father Know it is Your I know it is your heart We repent for the point in time where people opted for the new thing, the quick fix, the covering over of symptoms, instead of pursuing your voice, pursuing true wholeness, pursuing treatments that reflected your creation from the body, and instead settled for something that enslaved them. As it says in Psalm 106, verse 20, they traded their glorious God for something made with human hands and effort. We especially repent for the church because of all the people they should know better. They should be listening to your voice above all voices. They should have the strength to stand and fight the spiritual opposition coming against them. But it is it has been heavy and we don't know of many others that have decided to fight this fight. They are oblivious even to know that they are in a fight. Instead, they have been taken by the voices And agreed with them and believed what has been told them instead of listening to you first. We repent for the false teaching in your church. Where even mental illness is now celebrated. Most of the church is blind to the monumental truth that you sent your son for his body to be broken for the breaking of every curse. That you not only paid for our sins, but offer healing of our bodies and minds. According to Psalm 103 verse 3 Psalm 32:8 The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Father, we ask for all of the corruption and work of this spirit to be exposed and undone. We ask in its place that there be a wave of healing, a rising up of faith for healing. Changes in all the paradigms and false beliefs that has caused people to be so enslaved by this system. We ask that as in the first two cases, that not only will all the work of this spirit be ended on a national level, but also that individuals be given a clear choice to come out from under the power of agreement with this spirit. I ask, Father, that when people choose... To come out from under the bondage of medications that the enemy would not be allowed to energize the effects of the process against them. I bring to you evidence of Carson's recent wean off his medication. And I bring to you the evidence of that enemy in energizing, and I I just have a name there now, as she tries to come slowly off her medication. And we ask for your complete will in the area of body and mental health to be seen on this earth. Father, I ask that the court recognize Bryn Sellers as a witness to lay out section 3 of our evidence. In Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And his response was, I will allow it. And by the way, that last part of the, the apologies was what... The Lord had given Bryn, but it was me that read into it.
2: Yeah, you still with us? Everybody yep. still here? Yeah. I know this is long, but it gets good, really good from here on out.
0: So. <laughs> it's really good the whole time. It is really good the whole
2: time, but, but especially now. Okay. Thank you, Father. It gives me great joy to bring this to the court. The scriptures we read at the beginning of this case in Exodus and Isaiah clearly state your will regarding healing and wholeness for man. We were to, from the beginning, have relationship with you and find our answers in your voice. And nothing has changed since you first declared your name as Jehovah Rapha. Furthermore, Jesus' blood poured out on the cross was sufficient, not only for our sins, but also our complete wholeness. So, Father, we submit that it is your will to heal all. People will make their choices, but your will is health and wholeness that flows out of relationship with you for each person. Jesus demonstrated your willingness to heal everyone who came to him, healing every condition and every person without exception, as evidence I submit the following verses. Luke 5:17 And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Luke 4:40 All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Matthew 4:23-24 Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Matthew 15:29. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking, and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. And Lord, I love this one. If there was any question of Jesus' motivation to heal or if he was willing, that was settled when the desperate man came with leprosy. Luke 412 14 when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed and instantly the leprosy disappeared. You desire us to have faith and trust you for our every need, including physical health. The work of this spirit is to work against the faith that heals. This faith was shown in two healing stories that are intertwined in Luke 8. Jesus said to Jairus, the leader of the synagogue whose daughter had died, don't be afraid, just have faith. And of course, Jesus raised the little girl from the dead. This was just after you healed the woman who touched the hem of your garment and you said to her, your faith has made you well. Go into peace. It is your will that what we see with our human eyes should never have more bearing than what you say to us. What we see should have zero bearing on what we believe. I just know the things will really change when the church gets this. When Jesus lived with men here on earth, he modeled this for our sake, hearing your voice, doing what you were saying, completely ignoring what he could see with human eyes, and only trusting your voice for his daily agenda. That is why he was able to heal, because you, Father, were offering healing to man through him. Jesus demonstrated that it was not only your will for him to heal all, but he demonstrated also his care for our physical needs. And this being apart from sickness. And he demonstrated that in Mark 8, 2. Before the miraculous feeding of the thousands, Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, I have compassion on this crowd because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come a long way. So even in this, you cared about the people and their physical needs. And one more, Matthew 6, 31 to 33 therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all let's seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you father we submit that it is your will for pe- for your people to be the healthiest people on the planet That we would be shining examples of faith, able to rise up and see your bride truly trust you for every aspect of physical life. For you are trustworthy. And I submitted as evidence uh, the following scripture. Isaiah 61, 8 through 9. I really like this one. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are a people the Lord has blessed. And next, Father, regarding the common lie perpetrated by this spirit, that there are many genetic things that can't be changed, we declare that you intend not for generations of unhealthy patterns, but generations of blessing in the place of where there has been previous unholy agreement. Deuteronomy 7:9. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. We believe that according to your original intent, people were to live long lives. After the law was given, the average lifespan was shortened because of the inability of man to keep the law. If your will is truly to be established on earth as it is in heaven, there is only health, thriving, young energy in heaven. We state that we believe this to happen on earth because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And Father, as evidence I submit, Moses in Deuteronomy 34.7. And Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. And Father, he knew you face to face. Moses lived during the Old Covenant, actually established the Old Covenant, but he knew you in close relationship. It was your will that all men would do this, and certainly us, because we live in the same time period after Jesus came to give his life to undo everything that Adam's sin put in place. I submit that it is your desire to restore longevity of life to your people, and that stamina and health be our portion until the end of our lives, just as it was with Moses that the paradigm of inevitable process and breakdown of the body because of aging be changed, especially among your people who ought not to think this way in the first place. And father, this one gets me excited as we submit that it is your will that your healing power will flow mightily along with the presentation of your word as we have never yet seen it in this country. As Peter and John As Peter and John prayed in Acts 4, 29 to 30. And now, O Lord, give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of Jesus. And I submit also Hebrews 2, 4, that you want this to happen once again on the earth. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. So, Father, we ask that everything that has been covered over will be uncovered, including the corruption in the drug industry, including the corruption in clinical trials, including every area where life is completely disregarded. And I ask for the return of the value of life, for the value of the unborn, for the value of the elderly, for the value of every single person regardless of their ability to contribute to society i ask that just as in the case of jezebel spirit where those that are under the spirit will be given a clear choice as we already said i ask that everyone under the influence of the spirit of infirmity and under the bondage of the medical system be given a clear choice to make to be able to choose to walk forward in truth regardless of what has been told to them so they can make the choice to come out of bondage they, the bondage they are in instead of being convinced that it isn't possible. We ask that divine cures from your heart that have been sequestered be released into the minds of people who walk with you. And people that have good hearts and genuine care for people. We ask, Father, that not only your, will your power come to heal, but also the knowledge of the human body that has not yet been discovered because of greed Selfish ambition and a disregard for suffering. I ask that they be re- released into the minds of those who have the power to bring them into the public in the name of Jesus. And Father, in closing, if I could just say one thing, and that is that I believe you to heal every single condition of the human body and mind. We all believe that here. We believe you to raise the dead. We believe you that nothing is impossible with you. We believe that even those things that are seen as not fixable conditions are curable with you. And we stand in full faith of this. And Father, lastly, in regards to the land, you showed me your plans two years ago for restoration of land, not only to bodies, but to the literal, physical land, restoring the minerals to produce crops again that are healthy to the body. And I thank you that I know personally two people who are already receiving massive downloads from you on your plans to do this. We agree with your will that you will restore the health to the land so that it will yield greater health to our bodies. And we thank you, Father.
1: I then. then stated, Father, all of that is submitted in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. We submit that as our evidence of your will, we will hold off on our closing statement to give the defense their opportunity. So, y'all still with me? Yeah. Should I, like, stop here? No. <laughs> okay, is this the part you were waiting for? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. By the way, I do want to say, th- not to hold off or anything, but I do want to explain something. Okay. <laughs> I'm really not trying to draw that. Are you sure? I really am not. I really am not. No, but but I do I do want you to understand the gravity of what's being said here. The gravity of the spirit being fought in court here, in a court that has never had the accessibility that we have now. Okay. The father then said, "This court accepts your third evidence." Does the defense wish to add anything? Satan then says, I wish to ask for a recess, but I wish to add something before we go to recess. The father then says, you will need to make your choice. If you want to go to recess, I will allow it. But if you begin to speak, you will forfeit your right to a recess. After a moment, Satan chooses recess and the gavel went down. We just, we had some discussion during recess that doesn't necessarily apply, so I, I won't discuss that, but recess then was finished. We were drawn back into the court and there was a long pause. Carrie then said, leaned over and she said, Satan and the spirit of infirmity are not back in the court. The court is in an uproar. So I jumped on that. Said, Father, may I submit a request? Then Carrie leaned over and said, he's hit the gavel three times. And then the father said, there will be order maintained in this court. Yes, you may submit it. Father, the ser- seriousness of this case goes without saying. We have already laid out the plan, or we have already laid out the pain that has been caused by the influence of this spirit, and yet now Satan chooses to not show back up with this spirit. Father, I ask two things. I ask a guilty verdict to be placed over both this spirit of infirmity and Satan his representation, who has not brought him back. Then, Father, what I ask because of this egregious act, this cowardice act of not returning, that this spirit not only be bound and stripped of its influence, but I ask that this one be cast to the abyss. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of His blood. I ask, Father, that they be hunted, and this spirit be bound and cast. I also ask, Father, that as of the end of this court, that all of the promises that you have given to Ignition, all of the promises that you have given to the seller's family, be available immediately. I ask, Father, that there be no more delay in it, I present that Satan is a coward and he stands before a righteous God who has already given him opportunity, who has already given this spirit of infirmity opportunity, and they have chosen not to take it. Instead, they have chosen to run as cowards do. So I ask, Father, that you come down with all the power of your condemnation on your enemy and fulfill the promises as we have infused them with the things that please you the most, our faith. Bring about the perfect healing of Carson, the healing of Jeff, the healing of their entire family, the healing of those who have had the stomach problems like Brooke, Alexis, Hannah, Lacey, many others. The pain that this spirit has put on my mother through and so many more. Father, I ask that with the declaration from your mouth and the slam of your gavel that it be done. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father then said, This court is just. This court is fair. I will summons you, Satan, one more time. And there was a long pause Carrie leaned over and said He's not there I leaned back and said He's running like a dog Then the father spoke In light of this We will not need a closing remark The prosecution may rest I give a verdict Guilty To the spirit of infirmity And To Satan's influence And I call on Michael To go get them And to use any force To send the spirit of infirmity Into the abyss Then he slammed the gavel Bryn He said Will you step forward Bryn said yes Then the father said what pleasure it brought the court and myself to hear you speak in the authority that I have given you. I'm so pleased with you and your obedience in the darkest of nights. I said before that Satan made a mistake to come after Cole. And I declare that today. There will be retribution. Retribution. Your life will not be the same from today going forward. I love you, Brent. Then she said, thank you, Father. I love you. And we were out of the court. I do want to read just one statement because we went directly... from the court into the ready room. And as you can imagine, knowing me, (laughs) I just want to know the next thing. Okay, when's the next thing? Can we do it tonight? Can we do it right now? Can we get to it? But I want to read to you what the Father said because this is important for all of us. It's important to really understand what this means too. it was funny because, well, anyways. Uh, let me skip all my pleading for things.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. He said, what you do now is rest. You rest. And what you expect is the promises to come true. I am faithful to my word. In your rest, I will restore strength. I will begin to heal, and what was once dead will now become celebration. But rest is what you do. See, the important thing to understand is that God's the one who does this. He has his specific plan. You know, when he says he's doing a new thing, it's easy for us to take old paradigms and try to fit them into a new thing. Because, okay, Lord, spirit of infirmity is gone. Let's just go. Let's go. We'll pray over everybody. The reason he said rest is because the old paradigms can't fit into what he's doing. All he said was be expectant, believe the promises. Be expectant and know that he is going to do it at any moment, he will do it. We don't understand his timing. Time's not something that he is held up by. It's just us. But the faith, get this, and this is important. The faith that has brought us to the point that we're at now is the faith that pleases him and will carry it through the finished work faith. I don't know how many more cases there are until, because I know this series is about this area, and what I mean by this area, the area that Abaddon was over, the next series will be about Africa. So I don't know how many more cases we have to go in this, Or what will happen even before, during, after, whatever. We don't know. But I want to encourage you. Fill it with faith. Fill it with faith. Don't just get through your days. Don't just get through your days. Fill it with faith. Whether it's a physical healing. Where it's a manifestation of some other promise that he has given. Fill it with faith. And he's given me a word for next week already, which is like mind blowing. I got it last week. I thought maybe he wanted it today. And I even asked him, do you want me to do this, you know, for today? And he said, no, I want you to read the transcript. So I'm assuming it'll be next Sunday, but it talks about just that thing. Recognize where you're standing. Recognize the point in time that you're standing in. Recognize the responsibility because it is huge. It's huge. You'll never get that if you don't believe what you just heard. If you don't believe that that court case really took place. If that court case really happened with the authority That was manifest. If you don't believe that, you'll never get it. Until you see it. Because you're going to see it. Online, you're going to see it. But God is giving you an opportunity to believe before you see. That's on all of us. Come on up. Okay. Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, we worship you. We praise you. Oh, Lord, we just say yes, whatever. Whatever you want, just yes. I step, yes. Father, just take my feet. Take Ignition's feet. Take each one of our, our feet and just plant them where you want them to be. And Lord, I, I just ask that you reach out to the hearts of those who are ready to hear, who have ears to hear. Speak to them the truth of what you're doing. And protect those who don't for the moment where it's revealed. We worship you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.